0: Good morning. My name is Jason Stocks, and I'm one of the leaders here. It's a real pleasure and privilege to be speaking. Ross, guys, thank you so much for leading us in worship. Wasn't it Awesome to worship i don 't know how you felt sort of at ten twenty five but how I feel and how I view God now is very differently. Thank you so much. We just love worshiping together. We are finishing our series on connecting we 've been doing a connecting with series. How do we connect with God, and how do we encourage and facilitate people to to connect um, with Jesus ultimately who do not yet know him and it 's been a brilliant brilliant series isn't it it's been both the practical on uh, inviting someone, striking up conversation with someone, but it's also been faith-building. There was one week where Keith Catskill, who who leads a church across the way, about being arrested by the gospel afresh. I don't know about you, that really really arrested me. I needed to hear that. It's been a fantastic series. We looked at connecting confidently through conversation. It's been both and. It's been both the practical and faith-building. And this morning, I want to finish off, really, by connecting through conversation, connecting through our testimony, ultimately. For those of you who were around a few months ago, I shared something of that, and it's sort of a continuation of that. And this morning, really, my, my hope, my prayer, and what I, I feel God is going to do is we're going to combine both the practical and also the faith element. If we're to be equipped to, to share our testimony, to share what Jesus is doing or has done in our lives, we need to have an authentic relationship with him. We need to be walking with him. But also, hey, we need to take the practical steps of walking. James 2 talks about faith and works. It's both and, it's not either or. We're not running off just sharing our testimony and we're never hanging out with Jesus. Equally, we're not just in uh, wow, God, I love you so much. I love you so much. I'm never going to actually share you. It's both and, hey? And um, what I want to hope we get to is we're going to get a, a practical opportunity to briefly share somewhat of your story with someone else. That's, that's my hope. We're going to re-examine some of our stories and, and the importance of them. And then we're going to get an opportunity towards the end to, to maybe share something of your story with someone sitting next to you. Um, So we're going to be in uh, John 4. for uh, It won't be the last time, but the last time in this series. It's been a a passage that we have gone through uh, and come back to throughout this series. And uh, the words will come up on the back of me. Um, We're going to be in... John 4. And um, we're going to pick up in verse 13. But if, you, if you're not familiar with this chapter, it is an extraordinary chapter. Um, as we've been saying in the last few weeks, it's a chapter where a Samaritan woman meets the living God, Jesus, and has her life transformed. It is an extraordinary chapter. It's a, it's a chapter where he shares something of the gospel to her, It changes her life, and then it ultimately changes the community that she's living in. So, I'm just going to read it. Um, If you've got a Bible, it is in page 889, and we're going to start off in verse 13. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. So he's had a, a, a few, um, few verses before. They are at a, a, a well and Jesus asks this woman for something to drink. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give, you will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water again. And then we pick up in verse 28. It says, So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come and see a man who had told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And then we pick up in verse 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with him and he stayed there for two days and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe for we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. Let me just pray. Father God, I I thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord, for what you're already doing amongst us this morning thank you for reminding us of the warm embrace father I just pray right now Lord that um, we would stir in our own hearts our story Lord ultimately our story of knowing you and Lord would you help us to take those steps of faith to share those stories with others amen amen stories this week has been a particular theme hey Um, Just get this chap who, this is, uh, this is Everest Sunny, what a name, great name. Um, It's been a a particularly poignant week, isn't it, of sharing stories. We've um, been remembering the D-Day, the D-Day 75 years, and, and I didn't really take much attention of it at the start of the week. And then sort of as Tuesday, Wednesday broke out, I was on the train and started listening to videos and reading stories of these men and women who fought for this nation. It's, uh, it's so important, isn't it, to to remember and honour. It's so easy to sort of go on into the next thing and the next thing. It's so important to, to pause and reflect. And this gentleman, 75 years on, um, found his comrade, his best friend. Um, he'd never found his grave. He, he knew that he passed away. There were so many details that, that were missed. And he finally, 75 years on, tracked him down, went to this grave and shared something of his story. And it was really provocative. It, it reminded us of what happened then and what his what his part was to play in it and he wasn't particularly well versed or executed or he wasn't the greatest of 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 public speakers he, It was just authentic it was real life storytelling and Whether you are a Christian here this morning for the decades or whether you are looking in, uh, asking questions and you've come for the first time this morning, I want to suggest that we've all got a story. If you're a Christian here this morning, you have a spectacular story. If you're here for the first time this morning, I want to suggest to you that, that God might be starting to write a story about you. That's why you're here. And you'll hear about my story in a minute. It was no coincidence that I ended up and popped into a church. But for, for if you have put your faith in Jesus, if you've said, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior this morning, and you've turned away from your old life, and whether that was a month, 10, 20, 30 years ago, you have an extraordinary story. Amen? And, and I just felt something as I was preparing for this. We, we do really need to pause and reflect at the awesomeness of that truth. That if you are a Christian here this morning, a miracle has been performed in your life. It wasn't a coincidence. You didn't, um, you didn't try really hard. You didn't impress God. It's a miracle. It is a miracle that the Bible talks about that you were once a stranger and an alien, that you didn't know God, that you were far from him. If you're a Christian here this morning, you're a co-heir. You're robed in righteousness this morning, <laughs> robed in righteousness, regardless of what filth or silliness you've been doing the last, you are robed in righteousness. If you, are, if you profess to be a Christian this morning, you are a follower of Jesus. You are robed in righteousness. You're a temple of the living God. I remember when I read that for the first time. Really? Me? Well, maybe him or her. He's been doing it for sort of 20, 30 years. No. You're a temple of the living God. And I, I just wonder, I just wonder, I guess some of us this morning have, when was the last time that you reflected on the awesomeness of your salvation? When was the last time you, you brought to, to mind, wow, what has God done in my life? I was once like this, and I'm, that happened, and now I get to enjoy him for the rest of eternity? Do we think like that? I, I don't. I think that the, the, the beauty of, and the pleasure of, of preparing something this I've had to sort of do it myself. And for some of us this morning, I think we write ourselves off, actually. I think my experience, I'm going to be celebrating 10 years of being a Christian on the 16th of November this year. And it's going to be a brilliant celebration. But I say that because I'm doing this sermon this morning. I wasn't thinking like that a few weeks ago. I, it wasn't in my foresight. And I, I don't know, as I've walked, as I, as I um, grow older in my faith, there are moments where I, um, I share less. I get less excited. I don't bring to mind the things that God has has done in my life. And I'm sure one or two of us can relate to that. And I think even right now, one or two of us are are listening to lies that actually your story is ineffective with connecting with people. I want to say that is a lie. If you profess to be a Christian this morning, the centrality to your story is what Jesus has done in your life. That's the centrality of it. That's the awesomeness, that's the specialness, that's the truth of it. Whether you've been 40 years or five months, it's irrelevant. You all have a a spectacular story to tell. And I guess what I'm trying to do and and, and hopefully continue this morning is to bring those things to mind of what God has done in your life. Why is that? So that we we have a, a genuine experience of God's love and I just want to share maybe just for a moment because what I want to do is, is hopefully this is starting to remind you of the gift of salvation of who you are in Christ and what he has done but also how do we go from the, the theological understanding as we grow as Christians the theological understanding deepens doesn't it we read our Bibles more we, we, we spend more time with Christians and, and you're working out your salvation with fear and trembling and you understand the gospel and you understand the theology more and more, and that's really, really important, and we'll come back to that stuff that we really, really need to do. Amen. But at the same time... We need to be versed in how can we relay the practicalities and the outworking of our story. Because if tomorrow I meet someone who hasn't got a scooby-doo who Jesus is, and I talk, start talking about salvation uh, and, and speaking in tongues and the awesomeness of, of being a, a temple of the living God, he's like, what are you talking about? He, 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 we need to bridge that gap. Does that make sense? So I, I'm going to share something of my testimony of coming to faith. And this morning, it, it's not that the storytelling, connecting with people through stories, is not just about how we came to faith. It is also about the ongoing stuff that God, that God is doing in our lives. So for me, and, and just before that, Nikki Gumbel, who some of you might have known, he is um, just the legend in this field of, um, of storytelling and how can we bridge the gap between um, introducing Jesus to those around us. And it's called the Alpha Movement. And praise God, that's how I got saved, through the Alpha Movement. And he talks about three things. He talks about what was life like before. What was life like before? What happened during... What was your experience? What, 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 how did you start exploring? And then what is life like afterwards? So for me, I grew up in South Wales, sunny South Wales, one of the best nations on earth. Beautiful place, beautiful, wonderful place. I grew up in a very loving family. I had a special relationship with uh, with my mum, particularly, who used to run around the playground and chase after cricket balls after I hit them far into the distance. And um, I had a dad who loved food and loved cooking. Um, and I had a, I had a very happy upbringing. It had its challenges. We we were from a, a very poor background, and um, my dad couldn't work for uh, much of my life. He was he was very very ill and then um, at age 17 suddenly my, my mum passed away and, um, and sort of my world completely changed and for initially that, that sort of new world was not a good place at all, I went into not a good state. But actually, it propelled me to go to university. And then through my 20s, I led the life that a guy in southwest London would. Good-looking guy like myself, talented, gifted, played cricket, played lots of sport, traveled, had a good job, had a house, had a girlfriend. On the face of it, Jason Stocks had it all, didn't he? Um, But actually, he didn't. It was almost, I was going through the sort of top life, top shelf of life experiences, trying to find something extra and extra to fulfill me. And actually what was happening on the inside, I was becoming emptier and emptier. And the more class A drugs that I took, and the higher that I fell, the lower things went. The more holidays I went on, the more stuff that I gathered, I was was an empty vessel. And then the most peculiar thing happened, a Christian, (laughs) a Christian, came to live in my home. It was absolutely balmy. I didn't think anything of it at the time, but God had a plan in this. And uh, my table went from doing all sorts of drugs, and it's just silly stuff, friends, parties in in the house, to to actually opening up conversation about who this person Jesus was. And over a course of months, my, my life was sort of doing this, and I reached a a, a, a low point in the middle of summer where I should have been playing cricket I was in my office probably about to lose my job the following week because I hadn't done x y and z because I was never there and if I, was there was ever a low point that was one of them and a few weeks later I came along to a church now during which time my then housemate offered to pray for me and I said no, <laughs> I don't, you know, like some people, you meet some people and they go, oh, oh would you pray for me? Or, or can I pray for you? And they say, yes. I wonder whether they're genuine and just being nice. I just said, no, I don't, want to, I don't want you to pray for me. I don't want anything to do with this. And then a few weeks later, I sort of had to go to church because I was cooking Sunday roast. There were loads of friends coming and I popped along to, was then Fernhill. And on that day, I encountered something. At that time, I didn't have a scooby-doo at what it was, but I ended up cr- crying I ended up feeling very peaceful I ended up feeling very loved and then a few weeks later I went again and the same thing happened and a few weeks later I went again and the same thing happened and all of a sudden after six to eight weeks I felt quite cleansed actually I felt quite happy I felt quite at peace I thought well that's it don't need to go in again Bit a free counselling that's happy days I'd seen a counsellor before I had to pay for it pop along to a church it's free this is great a few weeks later I was back doing what I used to do and found myself in a real pickle. And the next morning, I came to, to church again. I'd gone through the Alpha course for a few weeks and I'd heard something about who is this person, Jesus? And the question I wanted to ask was, who is this person, Jesus? How, do, is, how does he have any relevance to me? And what's the real deal here to know him? And I went to church on that Sunday morning. A guy called Terry Virgo was preaching on the, about Caleb about seeing the promised land, nothing really to do with sort of coming to faith. But God spoke to me and said, what is life gonna be like in your 60s and 70s? And it suddenly dawned on me, oh my goodness, that does not look good. And I became a Christian that day. Now, it is an extraordinary process that I went through, but the, the, the true extraordinariness, as I was tr- touching upon just now, is that I've met Jesus. That's the beauty and glory of all of our stories that ultimately whether, it's a dramatic conversion to faith or whether like my wife who grew up in a Christian household and we were talking last night was there a moment that you can sort of remember crossing over like me and, and for Victoria it was, it was a gradual moment, she never knew a moment that, that Jesus wasn't in her life although she didn't know him personally when she was younger she was gradually taking steps through and then she arrived at a place where yeah actually it is done, my salvation is secure he is my Lord and Saviour but for that moment, for whatever that moment is for someone, the true beauty of it is that we have been saved by grace. Amen? That's the, that's the centrality to our story. That's the bedrock upon which we, which we stand. So that was before. That was during. And what, what is life like now is terrible. No, it is No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. It's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. Those first two years were an extraordinary time. It was a special time of, of God disciplining me, taking things out that were not good for me. It was a, a challenging time, but it was an extraordinary time of genuine intimacy with him through the spirit, through praying, through worship. That was a big part of sort of two, three years. And people kept telling me, you know, it's not all plain sailing, Jason. It's not all, you know, it's not, it's not gonna feel like this forever. I was like, no, no, this is absolutely brilliant. No, no, I don't need to read my Bible at all. I'm worshiping, I'm praying, I'm experiencing God's love. And then, boom. You're like, oh wow, yeah, you do receive and, and there is resistance and there is challenges. And the, st- the story that's continuing is you have moments of absolute glory and you see God break through and then you have moments like, where are you, Lord? What is happening? This is really painful, I don't like this. But he's faithful. He who started a work will continue it until the day of completion. So we all have a story and I've shared something of my story. Um, and some of you have heard that story before. But I, I, what, what I want us to do sort of for the rest of the time this morning is really to look at, well, that we, we understand. If you're a, if you're a believer in, in Jesus, we understand some of the theology of that. But actually, how can we take some of the, the, the faith elements of our story and um, uh, I I guess um, stir them up in our lives on a daily basis and then how do we step from that into the practical what are some of the practical things that we can be doing to connecting our story with other people so some of these are tried and tested over centuries and then a couple of them are pithy made them up on the train on last Wednesday and you'll see the ones which are pithy and you'll see the ones which are tried and tested if I can get this thing to work okay oh well I've spoiled that (laughs) the key thing the key bedrock to us connecting with people is praying praying and praying and praying with a final exclamation mark if we want to be authentic believers in following Jesus and we want to introduce him to those who do not yet know him. We need to be a prayerful people. Amen? And that is, yes, coming to prayer meetings, yes, being prayed for here on a Sunday morning, but ultimately, it is the one-on-one time with Jesus. It's, it's getting up in the morning. It's spending those few first few minutes with him. It is being with him in the evening. It's being with him in the day, whatever your agenda and the way that you do it. But ultimately, for us to be the testimony givers, for us to be genuinely effective at sharing him with other people, that we are to be a prayerful people. Amen. And I'm so, I'm so encouraged um, with different people that I meet up with to pray and, and different prayer groups and, and people who attend life groups. These are, these are part of the everyday working of the church. But if you're an authentic believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, we do need to and have to be part, we do have to be prayerful people in our, in our everyday. Amen? The sec- second part is be in God's word. If I'm gonna talk about Jesus to someone, I need to know Jesus for myself. How do I best do that? It's being in God's word. It's being in God's word on a daily basis. It's not, it's not monthly. It's not quarterly. It's, 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 it's in the everyday that we get to, to form and, and develop relationship with him. Amen? And and I've spoken briefly about this before. This has been a real battle, as as I've shared in my testimony. It's something that I've really, really struggled with. And I had the perfect excuse. I have dyslexia. So I was like, well, I'll listen to that lie. I, I have dyslexia. So reading is really hard, so I won't bother to read. That's just absolute rubbish. And we can come up with all sorts of excuses for not reading the Bible. We're busy. We've got so much on. These are all excuses God would say to you as, as he's been saying to us this morning he wants to embrace you in his word he wants to to share things with you that you're you're gonna you're gonna have knowledge about from someone else Even this morning, people who are bringing things, prophets, prophetesses, as we're in God's word, he will reveal deep and unsearchable things. And as we're connecting our story with other people, God will give you verses and knowledge about other people because we're genuinely in relationship with him. We want to be a people who are in God's word. I'm going to turn that way. And finally, we want to be a worshipful are worshipping people. Wasn't it so awesome to worship this morning together? Let's be worshipful people in, in our everyday, whether that's taking a, a, a walk uh, in the park, whether it's listening to a, a worship song on our iPad, whether it's bringing out a psalm, whether it's just singing to yourself in, in, in the house. These are tried and tested foundations for us to have an authentic relationship with Jesus. If we're to connect him, if we're to connect anything of our story, we can't do it unless we're doing this. It's, it's the faith part of James 2. We are to have faith and we are to stir up faith. It's being a prayerful people, it's being a, a people in the word, and then it's being a, a worship of a worshiping people. So how do we how do we go from that how do we go from that faith part that um, The one on one relationship part to actually connecting our story and and connecting with people. You'll see the pithiness now of this. Some other considerations. We are to prepare. I've prepared this morning. I hadn't said my, um, my testimony for some time, so I've prepared it. If I'm meeting up with a friend next week, I might start praying to God and preparing what are the, what are the stories that are going to be relevant to him or her next week. We're, we're to be prepared. We're to take some moments out and, and ask God, Lord, what are the things of my testimony, what are the things that you are doing in my life now that are going to be relevant to that person? Because we've all had those times, haven't we? Where we meet up with someone and we share the testimony. It's, I did a great job. It's theologically astute. I got that in. I got that in. I got that in. And he just wanted to ask a simple question. And I've, oh my goodness. I, well, I prepared 10 minutes. And, we, we are to be a prepared people. We are to, to spend time writing little nuggets down. I've given you my six-minute version. What about a 30-second version? What about a minute version? Are you a Christian? What is this about? It's about this person, Jesus. Let me tell you about him next week. Job done. 30 seconds. You can prepare that. I'm meeting up with Charlie next week, keen golfer. What are the things I'm going to be saying to him? Oh, if you stop praying, you'll get more birdies. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but what are the things that are irrelevant to Charlie? What, what, what are the things that are relevant to our colleagues at work? Let's start preparing. Let's start thinking. Let's, let's start praying. Let's start writing it down. The second P. Oh, yeah, practice. I, I practice this morning. I, I practice my testimony regularly. I practice the, the, the six minute, the, the 30 seconds. Just take some time out and practice your, your stories. What has God been doing this week hmm, I'll just I'll just practice I'll just sum that up for a moment we're going to get to uh, we're going to get to do that in a minute we're going to get to just spend a few moments with each other might be a little bit awkward but I think it will be absolutely fine it's a safe place we're going to get to to share something of of that Nicky Gumbel framework of what was life like before or what, what's God been doing in your life this week what happened in the middle how did you meet Jesus and what's life like afterwards. We're to be a, 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 a prepared people, that we're prepared to, to answer questions that people have for us. It's good to practise, it's good to prepare. And the final P, I'm so chuffed with this, I got the three P's. <laughs> I, was, I was on a train going to walk to the last hour, but it just came, I just, well, maybe it'll be repeated. Proficient, I've already mentioned it. We're to be proficient in the story that we're to share. We're not to be waffling on for 20 minutes. We're, we're, it's to be relevant, it's to be proficient, it's to be succinct. That the, the preparation, the practice leads us to being proficient. The prayerfulness and being in God's word and worshipping helps us to package this together. This is what God has, has done. It's not rocket science. If you're a Christian here this morning, you have an extraordinary short story to tell of the moment that you came to Christ, because it is an absolute miracle. And you have so many stories to tell since of his faithfulness through the good, through the challenging, through the, the stuff that you don't you haven't worked out yet. Let's get practising. Let's get praying. Let's start asking God, who are the people, what are the things I need to share in order to connect him with this person? How are we doing for time? So it's both faith and works. They come together. It's not either or. It's both and. It's the absolute incubation of our faith, of our genuine following of Jesus, the authentic following everyday bread and butter of being a Christian, of praying, of being in God's word and worshiping. And then at the same time, it's from that moment and from our works that we th- those go hand in hand. It is faith and works together that we are to be preparing. We are to be planning our many testimonies, our many stories. And then we are to be simply sharing them. Why? Because of the Great Commission. It's not because this is a nice to do. It's part of the DNA of of King's Church, of every church in the whole wide world. Matthew 28 says, Now to the 11 disciples who went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them, And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority on heaven, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I am with you to the ends of the age. We've got this amazing commission, folks. It's, it's part of the, the bread and butter. It's part of the DNA of who we are as a people. And I really believe this series has done an extraordinary job in facilitating the, both the practical and the faith to connect with people. And this morning, you have an extraordinary story to share with your friends and others who do not yet know you. Not as a nice to have, because it's, it's actually part of the fabric of who we are as a people of God. Amen. So look, I, I, I just want to maybe just take us a step on, and we're going to do some of that practical part of it now. So Nikki Gubble, just to remind you again, said, what was life like before, what happened during, and what has happened since? So you can do this in twos and threes or twos, and I just want to um, ask you to just share for a few moments either what God's been doing or, what, or how you came to faith and this is a perfect opportunity to start the practicing and the preparing for the stories that we're going to be planning this week and sharing with other people. Does that make sense? So you can, you can sit next to the person that, that, that you are with or please look out for other people. And we're going to take a, a few moments to do that. And then maybe one or two of you are, are going to feed back on, on what some of those stories um, were. Does that make sense? Great.